seated. Good morning. I am so glad to be here this morning. I'm glad that you were able to join us with the snow coming down right now. I am a lifelong Episcopalian. I was brought up in a family with many connections to this church, including that my mother was ordained an Episcopal priest when I was 13 years old. You could say I've spent a fair amount of time in contemplation in the pews. I have been a member at St. John's for the seven years I've lived in Colorado. This welcoming church opened its arms to me in many ways, but I first found this church through a sermon by Canon Rebecca Crummy. It was the third Sunday in Advent. Getting to know Capitol Hill as my new neighborhood, I saw a banner sign on the corner of 14th and Washington to come into the wilderness. What a perfect word to describe the wild terrain that I was in. I found myself seated among hundreds of candles, listening to drums and a haunting tune on the piano. I smelled incense and evergreen trimmings. It was exotic, new, but also felt deeply familiar. Canon Crummy habitually took contemplative walks through Cheeseman Park. The long-standing park, paths in the park were being rerouted and repaved. She told me just how hard it, she was finding it's to start a new path. Rebecca would have to learn a new path in her daily meditative walk. You can be walking on a clear path with intention and find it fully un uprooted and unrecognizable. I, too, find it hard to start a new path. The image of those paths in Cheeseman Park stayed with me, and I started a new path at this church that night. Canon Crummy was also leaving the 2012 Women's Retreat, so I said yes. I was then invited to begin volunteering with the Women's Homeless Initiative in 2012, and many more yeses have come since then. Sometimes on our chosen path, we find we need a companion. At the beginning of last year, I began meeting with a spiritual director. A spiritual director can be a lay person or someone ordained, but they are someone that you talk about your spiritual life as a companion to your path. We have a group of church members who are spiritual directors here at the cathedral. If you'd like to talk to someone about your spiritual path, please feel free to ask me or Dean Richard to learn more. These vulnerable conversations with my spiritual director gave me the courage to articulate an inner dialogue that I had been having for four or five years, even longer when I honestly look back at the path that I've walked. I am discerning a call to the priesthood. I am considering this peculiar and mysterious call with my spiritual director. I am opening up my heart with Canon Katie and the amazing ministry staff here at the cathedral. I am walking a new path. What is discernment but walking a path? Or choosing among paths? Or being headed somewhere and not seeing a path at all? Or having too many choices in where to go? 
but I am walking with a community, my parish. God is not the only one to call in this particular church. The Episcopal Church requires a discernment committee. Of course there is a discernment by committee here in the Episcopal Church. So I am talking about my call with a discernment committee made up of six fellow parishioners who sit in these pews with us. Personally, it's a bit funny, maybe ironic, to be discerning a vocational call to become a priest. My mother's own call to the priesthood loomed so large in my childhood. My partner, Aaron, was starting seminary himself in the Unitarian Universalist Church when we met five years ago. Here at the cathedral, there are so many ways that we have a spiritual practice together. We worship together. We break bread together. We get down on our knees together. We pray evening prayer together on weeknights. We meditate in the wilderness by candlelight and incense. We serve our community together. We volunteer with the Women's Homeless Initiative on Monday nights and Metro Caring each week. We cook dinner together on Cathedral Night. We keep learning together. I am in the Wednesday Night Education for Ministry group, or EFM. That small group formation has been transformative in my daily spiritual life for the past four years. Our spiritual practice is offering our hearts to each other and being in relationship with each other. We invest our time together here at St. John's. We are in relationship informally, too. It's not just groups and activities. Relationships happen in the parking lot, in the hallways, at coffee hour, not just through regularly scheduled programming. We also invest our money, not just our hearts, but our money into a mission to grow together. Today is the start of St. John's Stewardship Campaign. We are being called to offer our money to the work we are doing together by making a pledge. A pledge is simply this, estimating what you hope to give to the parish in 2019, writing it down, and turning that number in. Knowing the pledge amount allows the vestry, priest, and staff to make a plan in advance for how to use it in 2019. Having the number in advance makes that planning possible. And it helps if that number is generous, of course. We want everyone to make a pledge to this church. Please give some thought and estimate what you can give in 2019. And remember, we accomplish so much by the grace of God. Financial gifts are a part of that. Figuring out what to give is part of our discernment with the Holy Spirit and our conscience. What do we have to give? We may feel like the man in the gospel today. I do. A man Jesus is known to love. He is faced with being asked to do more, to give up his possessions, to give up everything and live in this community together with Christ. It is impossible for a rich person to get into the kingdom of God. What's this? What about my good life? What do I, how do I give up everything? 
How do I focus this life on Christ and love? How do we do this in the realities of 2018? What if we're not rich, merely middle class? What if we're barely scraping by? What needs to fall away in our lives so that we can live into our baptismal covenant? What will we do with God's help? How do we give back to this community in a meaningful way? There is not a simple answer to any of these questions. Just me asking you to consider it with me. We have an opportunity to listen to what God is telling us. The eye of the needle is a dramatic image, a difficult image. It is not one that we can take lightly or dismiss as hyperbole. Jesus uses the same metaphor in Matthew and Luke and Luke's accounts of the Gospels. Jesus uses hyperbole and an impossible image to shock us, to make us question, to make us reflect, to make us take inventory of our lives. Who can be saved? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The image of the eye of the needle doesn't give us the answer or anything that resembles an answer. Only questions, tough questions. Then who can be saved? Jesus looks at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. For me, the answer today is about grace. For God, all things are possible. The path I am on is not clear. I still take comfort from Canon Rebecca Crummy seven years later, knowing that her path was also jumbled and unclear. Let us remember grace and hope. For God, all things are possible. God takes these discernment questions and is at work in our lives. God stays in our hearts and our minds. The words of Sufi mystic Rumi stay with me. On the path of love, we are neither masters nor the owners of our lives. We are only a blush. We are only a brush in the hand of the master painter. God is active and on this journey with us. We are not alone in our commitment to this church. We are not alone in making our pledge. For God, all things are possible. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven.